Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. We have been having, I can't believe it's been raining pretty much all of this week. Then we look at the weather forecast, there's a couple of sunny days in the middle of this week. But then at the end of the week, when it comes time to the weekend, it is raining again, just in time for the weekend. And like when we were in lockdown, I don't know about you, but I didn't really care what happened on the weekend. Like it didn't make any difference. We're stuck in our homes anyway. But now that we're out, we're free to go and do different things. We want our weekends to not be raining. We want it to be warm. Uh, and so it's really annoying when it's rainy and it's cold. You know, the rain, however, is good for one thing. It's good for our grass. And I don't know if I've shared this in a sermon or, or in a message, but some of you might know this, but at the end of last year, the start of this year, I started to get into lawns. I started to get into my grass. I think it started by just going through YouTube and I just saw a random video of a guy mowing his lawn. And so I started to watch a few different lawn guys and it just went from there. If you know me, my personality is a little bit of uh, obsessive compulsive. Once I sort of get into something, I go all in, I research, I study, I do the whole thing. And so I've got a spreadsheet that tracks all of my different lawn products that I have, uh, pre and post uh, emergent herbicides, insecticides, different fertilizers I've got, soil wetters, soil conditioners, all these different things tracks when I use the products, it tracks when I next need to apply them. I keep uh, a record of every time I mow my lawn. I joined a Facebook group called Aussie Lawn Fanatics on Facebook. I exchanged my mower, 20 year old mower that I had for another mower, a Massport 120cc American Briggs and Stratton motor. Man, if you know your lawn mowers, you know what I'm talking about. I got a new whipper snipper. I got a lawn edger. I just went all out, all in, totally into it, baby. I'm loving it. This is my new passion. And if I could just pause here for a moment, if you're younger than me, like if you're younger than 44 years old, this is what you've got to look forward to. Like this is your life when you get to my age. Lawn is a hobby, it's a passion for you. So every Sunday, every Saturday, I'm out there mowing my lawn, get away from the screaming kids, uh, the nagging, I mean beautiful wife, and just go out there into my nothing space. Every man knows what I'm talking about, the nothing space that we go to where we don't have to think about anything, just out there mowing my lawn, edge, snip, mow, blow everything away, and I'm done. It feels great. If you're so inclined, you know you can crack open a drink at the end of that. But as winter came, it got cold, it got wet, lockdowns, online church. I found I found I discovered I had less time on my weekends. Then I had my local water authority, City West Water, come and dig up my nature strips four times. I've got two nature strips because I'm on a corner. Four times they dug it up, destroyed my beautiful manicured lawn, and I just lost a little bit of the passion. Fell behind in some of my lawn maintenance schedules, my spreadsheet, and applying different lawn products, and then the weeds came, and they started to grow and take things over, and I just lost the love for the lawn. Ever found yourself in a season of life where you feel yourself losing passion 
for something. It might be something as unimportant as, the, as your lawn, or it could be something that is really important. It could be your love for your spouse or your partner, uh, your business. It could be the upkeep of your house, cars or lawns. It could be your health and fitness. It could be reading your Bible or a hobby or interest that you had. Whatever it was, it was something you were passionate about, but now you've lost the love, you've lost the passion. A lot of us, if you're a Christian today, and if you're not a Christian and you're watching this, maybe it's the first time you've joined our church service, maybe you've been uh, brought up in a Christian home, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of my message to become a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. But if you are a Christian today, you may have experienced this in your life, in your walk with God at some time in your life. We will have periods where we feel passionately about telling people about Jesus, where we sense God's presence where the Holy Spirit is leading us and it's just so evident that God is around our life and everything just seems to point back to Jesus and everywhere we go we could just hear a worship song we just feel so close to God and then there's other times it feels like Jesus is far away it feels like we don't sense God's presence anymore the Holy Spirit we can't hear him speaking to us we're distracted from the things of God by anything and everything. And we're like a car with the fuel warning gauge blinking at us, warning and letting us know that it's almost empty and it's like we've lost the passion for Jesus. Can I just say one thing today? If that's you, you're not alone. I need to let you know you're not alone. Many people feel like this. Many people go through seasons like this in their life. I too have felt like this, have gone through this before I was a pastor and now as a pastor. And I hope that really helps someone today to know that myself, as a pastor, I have felt and experienced times where I felt distant from God. I'm able to say that because I take great comfort in knowing that there are many other great men and women of God who too have experienced these types of situations. These times where they felt distant from God, people within our own INC, our own Elevation Church, people within our own IC network, people from our own time of following Jesus right now, and great men and women in times past. And also, when I look in the Bible, I see examples of this too. In fact, we're going to read some uh, a passage of scripture today from the Bible, which speaks into that and talks about the exact same thing. My message today is titled "Fan." into flame. Let's quickly pray. Lord God, bless this message today. I pray that you would speak to us. I pray that our passion for you would stay aflame, would stay burning bright in Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said, Amen. Today we're going to be looking at a man in the Bible. His name is Timothy. And we're first introduced to Timothy in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16. And we gather from different sources that Timothy was a convert of Paul's in one of Paul's uh, early missionary trips. And uh, scholars seem to think that he was in his late teens or early 20s when he first meets Paul. And anyway, Paul becomes like a father figure to Timothy, mentors him, disciples him, and they go on missionary trips together. Paul uses Timothy as a representative to go to different churches when Paul is not able to visit. Uh, uh, we, we know that P Timothy is around when Paul writes some of his letters, some of his books, of the New Testament. And so Timothy is an up-and-coming young church leader of the day. Things, however, are not always awesome for Timothy. Did anyone see the Lego movie? Everything is awesome. Well, 
not always for Timothy. Uh, in the two books of Corinthians, we read about the unraveling of the church there in Corinth and some of the issues they're facing and the Judaizers have come in, there's some bad things happening. And Paul, prior to 1 Corinthians, sends Timothy to address the church at Corinth, the Corinthians, and to speak to them and to tell them, hey, you're not doing the right thing, you need to change back to the teachings of Jesus Christ. And we read in 1 Corinthians how Paul sends Timothy off prior to 1 Corinthians. And yet, Timothy returns from that mission to try to correct the church with an, as an absolute failure. The mission fails. It was a total failure. And Timothy and Paul are rejected by the Corinthians. And Timothy returns with, from his mission as a failure. Scriptures also note that Timothy was a hesitant reserved uh, young man with a reserved personality. So then nine years pass uh, since Corinthians and that event we just described and Paul writes Timothy some personal letters in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy and again biblical scholars tell us that these are the very last letters, books of the Bible that Paul ever writes before he is executed in Rome. Open your Bibles to 2 Timothy 1.6 if you don't have a Bible, the scriptures will be on the screen beneath me. Uh, 2 Timothy 1.6 For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. We don't know the reasons for Paul writing these words to Timothy, but something Paul has heard, something he's deduced, uh, maybe the Holy Spirit speaking to him, has caused Paul to write these words, to his, fellow, to his former mentor, his, his former missionary companion. And he reminds Timothy by saying, I remind you to fan to flame the gift of God. Maybe Timothy's desire to do ministry has waned over time. It's not what it once was. Perhaps he's looked at all the sufferings and the difficulties and the trials that Paul has gone through in his ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ and thought to himself, that's not something I want to do. That's not something I want to go through. I don't want to suffer like that. I think it's totally possible that Timothy found himself maybe in a season where his passion for Jesus has, has waned from where it once was. And don't get me wrong. I believe that Timothy still loves Jesus. I still believe he fully believes in, has faith in the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And he's never going to turn, turn his back. But the flame had diminished. The flame, the fire burned smaller. The heat was reduced. Timothy's like a lot of us. Tired, distracted with life, passion, life, lost, questioning. And it's, it's not bad. It's just not where God wants us to be for our lives, his plan for our lives. A couple of weeks ago, my family and I, we caught COVID-19 and don't know where we got it from or who gave it to us. And uh, we didn't tell a lot of people, didn't make a big deal of it, but um, we, we, we obviously got it. And so uh, bombarded with text messages and people knocking on our door from DHHS, like, like, unbelievable the amount of text messages and people at our doors we got but anyway we had to do the 14 days of isolation and so uh, we did that and, and we, we just praised God that really it was so mild for us 
and no effects and we're at 100% health now and doing fine and doing well. But one of the symptoms that we did have as a family and that our kids had, and especially Roman was, was that he had a temperature, he got a fever. And so his temperature got quite high and so we had to monitor that, keep an eye on it. And somehow, Timothy has been monitoring uh, sorry, Paul has been monitoring Timothy's temperature and he's saying, Timothy, the temperature of the flame for the gift of God that God has given you is not hot enough. It's not burning bright enough. You need to fan it. You need to feed it. Give it, give it some oxygen. Let it, let it burn hot. Let it burn bright. And today, Christian man, woman of God, church, the scriptures are jumping off the pages and they're speaking directly to you and I. And they're saying, fan into flame the gift of God. When you fan your gift, you keep it alive, you keep it hot, you keep it burning bright for me, for Jesus. And fanning speaks of continuous ongoing action. A fire will go out with without oxygen or will go out without the wind blowing, the fanning of the wind of oxygen being added to the flame. And the gift of God for your life will diminish if you don't use it. And we need to realize God's gift for our life is not just a use once gift. It's not just a use twice gift. It's something God has given you that needs to be fanned, that needs to be used continually, actively activated in your life. And as you use it, the, the, the flame stays alight, it stays hot. So the question is, what's the gift of God that Paul is speaking about? I believe for Timothy, it's the gift of ministry. I think we can very easily uh, say that that's what it is. It's pretty clear in scriptures. But for your life, can I be honest, I don't really know. I don't know what God's gift is for your life. I'm pretty sure it's not the same for all of us. I think it looks, works manifest and appears in different ways in our lives that it does from our spouse, our children, our friends, or other believers. And yet what I am very sure of is that the gift is to bring glory to God. God's gift is given to us is to bring glory to him and to his kingdom. So how can we identify God's gift for our lives? I think sometimes we we mysticize, uh, is that a word? I'm not sure if it is. But sometimes we, we make it mysterious and mystical and over-spiritualize how we are to find our gifts. I was reading through the scriptures and just this verse stuck out to me and I made note of it and I referred to it when I was doing my notes for this sermon. And it's from Exodus 4.2. Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And Moses replied, a staff. This is the story of Moses' first encounter with God. It's before the 10 plagues. It's before the parting of the Red Sea. It's before Mount Sinai. It's before the battles of Israel against different people. And the Lord tells Moses he wants him to be a savior, savior to the Israelites who are in slavery and bondage in Egypt. And he asks Moses what's in his hand. What's in your hand? And it's a staff. And the question is, why did Moses have a staff in his hand? Because Moses was a shepherd. And what does a shepherd do? A shepherd tends, herds, feeds, or guards herds of sheep. God's gift for Moses was right there in his hand. Just, just stop and think about this for a moment. God's gift for Moses, the staff, 
was right there in his hand. Instead, now, instead of hurting sheep, he'll be hurting people. And that's exactly what he did with the children of Israel. He had to herd them, guard them, guide them, lead them, protect them, feed them as he led them to the promised land. And I want someone to really grab a hold of this today. Just really grab a hold of this. If you're taking notes, write this down. Maybe God's gift isn't something out there, but something already in your hand. Come on, let me say it again. Maybe God's gift for you isn't something out there. It's something already in your hand. Like, like, is there something you already have, you're already doing, you're skilled at, you have ability in, and God just wants to change the way that you see that thing, redefine how it's used, enlarge your, your understanding of what it could be, and he's saying, this is the gift that I want you to use to bring glory to me. This gift is going to cause people to magnify and to praise my name. And I feel like if we're in church right now, someone would be giving me an amen. So can you give me an amen in the chat room right now? The staff of Moses is used to perform many miracles through his journey of leading the Israelites that brings glory to God. Turns into a serpent. It's used to part the Red Sea causes life-bringing water to spring from a rock when it's held up it ensures victory over the Amalekites and what gift what's in your hand right now that God might use to do amazing miracles like these in your life and in those around you verse 7 for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid but gives us power love and self-discipline I mentioned earlier that Timothy had a reserved personality, but I, I don't believe that that's what Paul's referring to here. I, I, fully, I, I fully believe that God can use reserved, hesitant people. He can use the reserved, the quiet, the introvert, just as he can use the outgoing, loud, and the extrovert. So no, I, I, I don't believe that that Paul is referring to a personality trait. I believe that Paul is referring to a timid spirit. See, a timid spirit is a spirit that causes one to shrink back from that which God has gifted them for it. And either out of fear of people's opinions or worry about the cost of the gift or something else, it, it sucks out the oxygen the flame needs to burn. It causes one to stop using their gift. And so if Paul is saying that God has not given us a spirit of timidity, what kind of spirit has God given us? He's given us a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. And when we use our gift for God, we are able to use it with a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. Power. That's, the Greek, that's from the Greek word dunamis. It's where we get our English word dynamite from. Can I just pause and say, I love, I love using that word dunamis. It just, just, it just sounds powerful, doesn't it? Dunamis. And then the, the new, so it's the word that we get our word dynamite from. But the New Testament uses it to mean strength, power, ability. And it speaks of effectively doing what God has called us to do because we have the dunamis, the power, the strength, and the ability to do it. God is calling you to do something today. You have dunamis on you. You had the power, the ability, and the strength to do it. 
We have a spirit of love. And if power is the means to use God's gift, love is the motivation behind using God's gift. See, love is our motivation. We need to realize that this love is not an earthly love. This is a divine love. It's a love given to us by God. In in John 13, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. And you cannot do this without having a relationship with God. You You can only do this through a revelation of God's love for you, of receiving his love. Then you are able to love one another as God has loved us. It's only possible through knowing the love of God that flows out from the Holy Spirit within us to those around us as we serve them with our gift. Spirit of power, love, and a spirit of self-discipline. Power is the means, love is the motivation, and self-discipline is the manner in which we use our gift of God. See, we can use our gift from God in a frantic, manic stressed out, anxious manner, all over the place, always worried. Or we can be self-disciplined in our use of God's love. What does that mean? It means that we use God's gift in an appropriate manner for the moment that we're in. See, most of the time we're going to use it in a calm, patient, peaceful, at peace uh, way of using our gift of God. At other times, it's going to call for us to be forceful and aggressive in using our gift for God, sometimes sensitive and discerning. But we always have a spirit of self-discipline when it comes to using our gift, power, love, and self-discipline. As we finish up today, I started about talking about how we lose our passion at times. And I think it's not because we lose our passion for something that makes us stop that thing, I believe it's because we stop doing that thing that causes us to lose our passion for it. See, we stop kissing our spouse. We forget the reason we started our business. We neglected our health. We stop reading our Bible. It's in the stopping that causes the, 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 the losing of that passion. When we stopped doing, we lost our passion And I believe that if we start doing, we can regain our passion. That's right, church. When we we stop doing, we lost the passion. If If we restart the doing, we can regain our passion. Because I really think Paul's onto something when he says, fan into flames, keep doing it when he speaks to Timothy. A couple of weeks ago, I fertilized my lawn for the first time in a long while. And then this week, uh, when it wasn't raining, I got out and I edged and whippersnipped and mowed my lawn. And you know what? Felt good. I could feel some of my lawn mojo coming back and I've got my plans back of what I need to do over the coming months. Uh, And I realized that, that, that the passion is starting to return in the doing. See, if you find your passion for Jesus having waned in this recent season, maybe it's because you need to start exercising your gift of God again. Maybe it's because you haven't been exercising your gift, using it and doing it has caused the passion to wane. But I believe that if you start to reuse it again right now, today, tomorrow, 
you will start to find the flame, the flame burning bright again. See, I just know that in the doing, you'll discover the return of your passion for all things Jesus, for God's word, for prayer, for telling others about God's love for them. 2 Timothy 1.6, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flames the gift of God. Let's pray. God, today, thank you for your scriptures that really speak to us and really guide us in our lives. Jesus, so important to know your word. I thank you for this encouragement from Paul to fan into flame the gift of God that we have. I pray today as a church, as believers, as men and women of God, as young and old, that it would not matter, Lord Jesus, any of those things, but what would matter, God, is our relationship with you and that, Jesus, we would continually fan and use the gift that you have given us, God. I pray that we wouldn't look for excuses about how this season has made it possible, maybe potentially hard to use our gift. But God, I pray that we would find ways to restart it again, to, to, re, to, to, to ignite the passion in our lives for you, Jesus, and in serving others and for your church and for the world around us that doesn't know you, Lord God. <coughs> I pray that today. I pray, Lord Jesus, that Lord God, your Holy Spirit, would show us ways to use the gift you've given us. God, I pray we would use what's in our hand, that we wouldn't be trying to have some huge revelation from God as to what our gift is. We wouldn't over-spiritualize it, but Jesus, we just, like you said to Moses, what's in your hand? He says a star. We would look in our hand, our abilities, what you've given us, what we're good at, what we feel led by your Holy Spirit. Jesus, we'd take that and we'd use it to bring glory for you. Maybe, God, we need to rechange our minds. We need to rewire the way that we look at that gift in our life and realize that it's a gift that can be used to advance your kingdom, to bring Jesus, people to Jesus, to bring glory to your name today. I pray for us, church, God, that you would, you would speak into people's hearts like that today and minister to them, Jesus, this week, God. Lord God, that they would have a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline, Jesus. Today, as I've been speaking about fanning into flame the gift of God upon our lives, you know you can't fan a gift of God if you don't know God. Because the only way you receive God's gift on your life is to receive God first. So today, if you've been watching and you don't know Jesus, you don't know God, I want to I give you an invitation today to invite Jesus into your life. And you might be asking, why do we invite Jesus into our life? Well, the scriptures say this. If you believe that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and Savior and believe in your heart that he rose again from the dead, that you will be saved. You'll be saved from your sins. You'll be saved from an eternity separated from God, a place called hell. But Jesus wants you to know him, to be saved from that, from that future, from that eternity in hell and to be redeemed and to be brought into a future, a kingdom of his kingdom into eternity in heaven and on this life to experience God's goodness and love for you. So today I want to give you that opportunity and it's very easy. You just need to say, Jesus, I give you my life. Be my savior. Burn bright in my life. Say it with me. Jesus, I give you my life. Be my savior, burn bright in my life. 
God today for people who have prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe again after a time of being away from you. I pray right now, Jesus, they're experiencing the Holy Spirit in, uh, coming, entering into their lives, being infilled by Him. Jesus, they're experiencing right now dunamis power entering their bodies, Lord God, a spirit of love, God, that they've never experienced before, Lord Jesus, and self-discipline, a spirit of self-discipline entering their lives right now, Jesus. I thank you for that, Lord God. Let this be the greatest day of their life, Jesus, in your mighty name.